The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road World Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined by Denny Carter. I know you're tired of hearing this, but is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? Not legally allowed to say. Wish that we were. But uh, it's going to be a good show. We're going to break down all the goings-ons from Week 13, the waiver wire implications for Week 14. But Denny, I just thought first, uh, before the show, as one does, I'm just blowing my nose a few times. And it's because of the kids, Denny. Uh, Yeah. And... I, I've gotten every virus but COVID nineteen this fall, and it's just uh, my son. I mean, like uh, he, he's been snotting for I think literally three weeks straight. It's and it's incredible. Like the, the the length of time a kid is sick. My my daughter has had a stuffy nose since twenty eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I mean, I, I exaggeration. I, I'm assuming. <laughs> I I will say uh, that I'm glad that she's now old enough where I don't have to use that device that not to gross people out. No, you, I know what device you're talking about. But no. you got to do when you're a parent. The nose Frida. You, you, nose Frida. Yeah. And look it up folks. If you have any questions, I, I really don't want to gross folks out, but that is, and first of all, it's, it's a, it's a blessing. It's a great device. I love, I love the fact that you can clear your kid's nose before they can blow their nose, but thank goodness when they reach an age where they can grab a tissue and just clear their own nose. Yeah. The nose Frida is shockingly disgusting from our friends. Oh, it's it's an absolute horror show. Yeah. Isn't there, aren't there some things for adults? What are those things for adults? Those like sinus cleansers? Yeah. I'm going to say no doubt in my mind you've used one. Yeah. Uh, Try to explain Uh, What are those? Yeah. As a, as a yuppie uh, in the (laughs) suburbs, you're actually required uh, to to have at least one uh, in Maryland. So uh, yeah, you, you, you know, you have some, distilled water uh you warm it up and you make sure it's clean you know because what you don't want is you don't want uh some dirty water going straight to your brain and then you you know (laughs) keel over uh and but it goes through your nasal passages and comes comes out again not to be gross but wow it makes a difference it is nothing like blowing your nose what are the, what means so what is that supposed to accomplish just clearing you out um, uh, well it, cle- it it clears you out. it gets to places where you can't get with <sighs> with with a tissue it also pat and you, you know you have to read up on this okay it also uh, um cleans out parts of your nose that you just you you can't reach in other words like 
like uh, it makes it so that the illness doesn't stick around longer than it has to. What if some of that stuff's supposed to be up there? What if it's like some of my defense mechanisms or something? Am I blowing out antibodies or something? I mean, if you're that concerned, then I would just go ahead and not wash your hands anymore. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, and, by the way, do you do you blow your nose like a man? By the way, you're, so, you're supposed to blow your nose so hard that you like you get dizzy. That's what I usually do. I, uh, I I'm actually. You, you'll be shocked and the, the listeners will be shocked to hear this. Uh, I'm a very timid nose blower. <laughs> I'm a, I get violent because I grew up with bad, like undiagnosed allergies. So my nose is just running all the time. So I'm a very, very serious nose blower. I, I don't take it seriously at all. I mean, my, my, I come from a long line of men who grab not two, th- not two tissues, but three tissues. Oh my gosh. Which yeah. is a huge waste. By it's the a way. huge, huge waste. You're killing and, the planet. And three tissues because the, the power of the blow will shred one. It'll <laughs> shred two. The third one is the one that keeps it all in. I, I just <sighs> need the one. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just need the one because I just go. <laughs> no, you're supposed to blow hard enough that you get dizzy, Denny. And uh, I guess too, if you have the nasal thing, you probably also have a water pick. I'm assuming. Uh, no. Oh goodness, no. You know, I thought you like flossed like four times a day or something. <laughs> four times. A, you think I'm part of big floss? You think I do you think you're part of big floss because I know you're not part of big dentist. So you do everything you can to avoid big dentist. I thought. Well, I, mostly I, I floss to spite my dentist. That's what I uh, thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you right. show up, yeah. They're always so disappointed when you don't bleed. Like, but yeah. you thought I was going to bleed. <laughs> they, right. And they, and they take out increasingly large and sharp tools and, and pound on your gums and they go, why isn't this guy bleeding? Because they want, what they want is they want you to bleed and they go, ah, you didn't, you haven't done a good job. But my, I mean, my, I've told you this before. My gums are the Derrick Henry of gums. Like, <laughs> like they cannot be destroyed. Yeah, if you don't bleed, like the dentist gets on a walkie-talkie, he's like, "We're gonna need another dental assistant in here." Um, yeah, bring like, in. I know, I know, you said you floss well, Patrick, but yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, bring in the pickaxe, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we love our dentists, don't we? I just absolutely love our dentists. They're not just a constant scam, ripping us off, bleeding us dry of all our money, <laughs> bleeding us uh, literally and financially. Yes, literally and financially. <laughs> uh, literally and financially, Denny, Jimmy Garoppolo doing a little bit of that to the San Francisco 49ers were. What a surprise the Jimmy G rug gets pulled again. I mean, Jimmy G, maybe it's the worst injury luck of anyone in recent NFL history. The torn ACL in 2018. I think the shoulder in 2020. I can't remember what it was in 2020. Now the broken foot. uh, It's such a weird saga. Went from being the savior to then like the missed injury 18, then the Super Bowl in 2019, then the missed injury 2020. Then like the kind of like sort of mentor 2021 where he somehow almost makes the Super Bowl again. Then of course the trade that never happened, he's back. They commit to him again. Now he's hurt again. Yeah. I mean, what is the fallout for the 49ers offense who right now they're starting? I hate I've always hated this phrase, but Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. So yeah. And his mean. Or Josh Johnson, who of course hashtag knows the system from I believe this is his ninth tour of duty. And a Kyle Shanahan offense. I mean, just what is this? Is it as simple as what kind of what unfolded on Sunday? Brock Purdy is going to be throwing shorter. He's going to be checking down even more than Jimmy Garoppolo. It was mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk who got the scores on Sunday. His, t- his interception was an underthrown ball to Brandon Ayuk. Uh, is, is this even like more limited Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. Or is there something more here? Yeah, I think I think he hit it on the head there. Uh, you know, uh, Purdy was, was fine. You know, 67%. 
completion rate uh, against the Dolphins, 210 yards, two two scores. He was, you know, he was passable. Uh, I think you may be like a poor man's Garoppolo. Uh, I think th- this is real bad for Brandon Ayuk. It's real, by the way, because the poor it, man's Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo. So <laughs> being a poor man's, uh, yikes! I think I think it's just that's just Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. Uh, oh, come on, man! Beat, he beats Aaron Rodgers every time. So that's true. But man, what, what, it, what do you say about that? Uh, <laughs> at, anyway, uh, yeah. So it's it's bad for Ayuk. Bad for Kittle. Everything's bad for Kittle. Uh, and uh, good, it's good for Debo. Uh, it's good for it's great for Christian McCaffrey. I think it's definitely uh, good for Debo. By the way, yeah, yeah, a lot. I mean, he he had ten targets. When's the last time? I mean, he's basically Debo's been like a, a shaky wide receiver three for two months, three months now. Uh, I think that that changes now with a with a guy with quarterback who will be more apt to to go to short area targets. So Debo has new life. Christian McCaffrey with Elijah Mitchell out. Uh, I have the stats here. If you hold on one second. Uh, played uh, 82% of the snaps, ran a route on 80% of the dropbacks, caught eight of 10 targets for 80 yards and a touchdown. So we, uh, we, we are back. This time it counts for Christian McCaffrey. We are back to a monster fantasy workload. Uh, and with Purdy under center, I think, I think his, uh, it's, his prospects are looking pretty good. Yeah, so no-brainer good for Christian McCaffrey. I do think it's good, like you said, for Debo Samuel too, where they're going to need his slashing skill set a lot more now than they had this season. There's the chance that Brock Purdy is just so bad that it's it's bad for everyone, that the offense True. becomes less functional, uh, that maybe Josh Johnson gets – Josh Johnson who made yeah. some surprisingly strong 2021 starts for the Jets. Uh, so on the whole I – mean, it's, it's And the good. Ravens. Yeah, that's he, right. He, that's right. He had, Josh Johnson had two fantasy blow-up spots last year in spot starts – for the Ravens and the and the Jets, both as third stringers. So I, I actually will say with Josh Johnson, he should be picked up in super flex leagues for sure. Like yeah, I, absolutely. I know obviously Purdy will, but like if you can't get Purdy or you don't really need him, you might as well get Josh Johnson because he has a pretty good chance of seeing snaps if if Purdy struggles. I, I mean, he can almost see snaps maybe as early as this week, I feel like. Um, Possibly. I do think that I would be surprised if Purdy doesn't get at least one star, but yeah. Yeah, you would. Have, I mean, he was the guy on the roster. He was the guy that apparently was good enough to earn backup duties. So, yeah, I guess I shouldn't write. I guess I should not write him off so quickly. And he was good enough to beat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. He was. So, but they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Um, yeah, fairly tough test. So. Yeah, I mean, the the Dolphins' weakness on defense is certainly uh, the secondary. You know, and 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 so they they really attack that weakness. That it's you know it's why. You know, at least one of us on this podcast had a lot of a lot of Jimmy G Kittle Ayuk stacks going, and uh, didn't didn't work out entirely. You know, no, horrifying omission is. I, I think a first week all season I didn't get to play any DFS. Um, wow, wow. I was trying to prep for our hit on the fantasy football happy hour, which I thought went quite well. It um, did. I I thought it went well too. So what you have to do is you have to stay up late on Saturday night just pouring over data instead of having a good time with your friends. Well, I would normally be doing that, but we had a neighborhood dinner, Denny, and I had two beers on Saturday oh, night. Well, man, oh, good. Nighty night. Washed Nighty out. Night. Uh, we talked about option A and option B under center for the 49ers post-Jimmy Garoppolo. Denny, could there be an option C? Baker Mayfield waived by the Carolina Panthers. You know, I found the whole time as I wrote in my column – it's like the Panthers knew they shouldn't go down this road. Like they waited so long to make the trade to the point where they gave up basically nothing. A 2024 mm-hmm. fifth round pick, 
It's like they knew it would be bad for them. They still did it. He comes in by many metrics, the worst quarterback yeah. in the league. By EPA per play, he has been the worst quarterback in the league this year. Baker Mayfield, worse than Davis Mills, worse than Zach Wilson, worse than Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford. This is these. I'm going in order of the worst EPAs. By the way, <laughs> Matt Ryan, yikes. Uh, yeah, uh, not a good year for veteran quarterbacks uh, on their second teams. But if, it's like the, we're going to hear the narrative all week. If anyone can fix Baker Mayfield. It's that Kyle Shanahan. Am I right? Am I right? And so we'll go. We're going to commercial right after this. Then we'll answer. If and then they never answer because they don't want to answer. Uh, <laughs> no. Kyle Shanahan can fix Why Baker Mayfield. Uh, is he going to end up in the 49ers? And will he be fixed by Kyle Shanahan? Denny? No, no, no. There, there, there's no way that he's going to end up with San Francisco. I, I, I don't even know what the what the interest would be. He's he's been irredeemably bad. Like it's not just that he's on a bad team. It's not that he struggled with certain kinds of throws where he was good intermediate on intermediate throws with bad downfield or vice versa. He was just terrible, completely. And yeah, I know you love this word, completely exposed. It, it, <laughs> it is my favorite sports with Baker uh, Mayfield. And and you know, uh, I never watched a game, but I will say with Baker Mayfield, I, I think that the the limitations that he has are so clear; they're almost painful. Um, the limitations on arm strength uh, on side sideline throws. I mean, forget it. When when Baker Mayfield throws a sideline ball, you the only thing you can think pick six, pick six, pick six. Yeah. You know. Um, oh yeah, I, I mean, you know, I kind of coined with Baker. Uh, I kind of created the meme. I think like of no one more confidently steps into an interception than Baker Mayfield. It was a really yeah. That, I, I because like it was arm strength limitations where like. He knows the throw he has to make, so he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna make this throw now," and then his body can't do it. It's uh, it's really something. Uh, also, he's not fast. He's not quick. He's not he's not anything. He's not and I think he's he, not nice. He's not. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he actually does, seems to be very intelligent. He does have. Here's the thing. He makes great commercials. I appreciate those commercials, and thank goodness for Baker May, Baker Mayfield that he cashed in when he could. He's a real deal good actor. Like he's I, actually very I, good on. The I kind of think so. Yeah, he's like a real deal good actor. Has uh, my question is has a worse professional athlete ever had so many high dollar endorsements? I say no. Probably not. No. Uh, I mean, Zach, does Zach Wilson have any endorsements yet? Um, no, I don't. Doesn't think seem so. like he did. He talk about someone probably needs to work on their personality. Uh, the Jets are already like making memes with the backup quarterback. They all showed up in Mighty Ducks jerseys, uh, literally two games into the Mike White era, and they're like. Uh, already treating him like their savior. That's where, tough. That's tough. tough. I here here here's how I know Zach Wilson's bad at PR. I've never heard Zach Wilson talk. Yeah, I I have the only time I have is when he was when he was saying that he wasn't he didn't feel bad. Oh, that's <laughs> right. About letting that's the it. defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> I mean, how do how have I not heard Zach Wilson talk? I it's a, it's incredible. Get out there, man. That is crazy. Uh, Baker Mayfield, by the way, too, like. Sometimes every once in a while the boomers just have a point with like cliched, lazy sports analysis. And he, he's not a winner. He's just not a winner. Um, he's not a winner. And at the NFL, I mean, too, I think maybe the biggest indictment of Baker Mayfield this year is like PJ Walker came in and immediately revived DJ Moore. I'm like, man, if PJ Walker even can revive DJ Moore. Like he was a total non-entity under ba- like Sam Darnold kind Sam of then Darnold, revived yeah. DJ Moore. I don't know. But if anyone can do it, it's Kyle Shanahan. Am I right, folks? Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're being facetious, but uh, I, 
I, I don't, I actually don't even know if Kyle Shanahan is good for quarterbacks, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, he is. He is. He made CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins win a few games. I really do actually think he is. I mean, he made Matt Ryan an MVP, for instance. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, Brian Hoyer and the Browns that one year. I mean, uh, he, he got like Josh Gordon, you know, almost 2,000 oh. yards. Oh, that, that's honestly that, that, that Josh Gordon season was the highlight of my fantasy life. So, the I, highlight I of Kyle Shanahan's life. So, fortunately, we're sticking with quarterback injuries. Lamar Jackson is a knee injury. Yeah. It's going to have him out, quote, days to weeks. We don't really know what it means other than it's season ending. They're going with Tyler Huntley in the interim, the Ravens. Tyler Huntley had some pretty good spot starts last year, but we used the phrase poor man's earlier. He's basically a poor man's Lamar Jackson. He he locks on to Mark Andrews. He has a dual threat. It's not as potent as Lamar Jackson's dual threat, and he can't win games like single-handedly the way Lamar Jackson's dual threat. The Ravens are 8-4. and four. Are they doomed to Tyler Huntley? Is Tyler Huntley – on the QB two radar, et cetera. Yeah. What what is what's the situation in Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, I'm I am fairly bullish on on Huntley. You know, for those who uh, don't have a top ten quarterback uh, right now and and are kind of scraping by with the I don't know Kenny Pickett's of the world, like that kind of darkness, the streaming darkness. Then Tyler Huntley is, is your guy. I think you should get aggressive on him. Uh, last year, in four starts for Baltimore, Tyler Huntley had nine and a half. He averaged nine and a half rushing attempts, uh, which is huge, obviously, for his fantasy prospects against the Broncos in week 13. Uh, over the final three quarters of the game, uh, game, Huntley had 41 yards and a touchdown on 10 rushes. Five of those rushes were design runs, which is important. Um, he was, you know, pretty good as a passer, too. He had an adjusted completion rate of 84.3. Pretty good is a bit of a stretch. He wasn't bad, though. Well, what it is, he takes high percentage short throws. Um, you know, but he throws to Mark Andrews like 30 times a game. He does. And so I, I, I don't want this to sound like Lamar slander because I would never, but, but, but Mark Andrews doesn't lose a whole lot. On, uh, and you're sued for libel with with Huntley <laughs> under center. And what I mean by that is Huntley just just peppers uh, Andrews at uh, 30% of Huntley's 2021 attempts went to Andrews. So uh, he, he'll be fine. I mean, as fine as he has been, which is, you know, not not great. He hasn't had a he hasn't had a blow up game in uh, two and a half months. So we're still waiting on that. But but I you know, you're still starting him confidently with Huntley. Huntley's final five appearances of 2021, he cleared 40 yards rushing in all five of them. That's that's pretty. I mean, 40. It doesn't sound like yeah. a lot of those points add up very well, quickly. That, that, that's a that's a touchdown. You know, yeah, that's a passing touchdown. Yeah. A really really nice floor and fan. He cleared 70 twice. Um, I mean, maybe the unspoken thing, maybe why we shouldn't have super high expectations for him as a passer is because just the dearth of targets here and kind of like he's blocking, going to lock on to Mark Andrews just by necessity. Like yeah. the Ram, I mean. The Packers catch a lot of heat for the way they did not address their receiver core. I mean, my goodness. I guess the Ravens, in their mind was, we used the 2020 first, 2021 first round pick. You know, then they're, that's that. Yeah. It's the meme. Like, well, my job here is done. And yeah. next thing you know, Demarcus Robinson is in waiver wire columns. So right. Demarcus Robinson, who couldn't get one target in Kansas City, is uh, getting 10 targets in some games. Yeah, but yeah. The rushing floor will be enough to to get Tyler Huntley in the mix. They're playing the Steelers this week, which the Steelers' pass defense just bleeding fancy points. That was before T.J. Watt returned. Yeah. It's a little bit 
different dynamic now, but still a very, very bad secondary. Yeah, TJ Watt uh, definitely makes a difference. If you if you look at the the numbers, j- just all around pass pass uh, pressure on the quarterback, uh, yards per attempt, everything down the line, like TJ Watt makes a world of difference. It's a, it's an okay matchup. Definitely not good. It's, 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 you can, we can work with it, but it's not like attackable. Let's put it that way. Fortunately, a lot of injuries to talk about this week. Ken Walker departed after only three carries against the Rams Had 36 yards in those three carries seemed like it was gonna be a pretty big day. He has a jammed ankle classic Pete Carroll. He brings out a word we haven't used for injuries since like the nineties. That's jammed. Uh, I remember jamming my ankle, you know, when I was my seventh grade basketball coach in 1999. But, yeah, it's jammed. (laughs) He has no idea. He just knows that it's hurt. And that's kind of where we are with Pete Carroll. He was called questionable initially in the game, Ken Walker. He didn't get the immediate rule out. Then he was ruled out at halftime. And then DJ Dallas hurt his ankle. And it wasn't – so they had to rush someone back into the game because Tony Jones got shaken up. And they rushed back DJ Dallas, even though he was labeled doubtful. Maybe that's just more about protecting Ken Walker's health. But like when they had to force someone back in, it wasn't Ken Walker. He's at, at best questionable for week 14. Uh, who should we bat? Travis Homer missed week 13 with an illness and a knee injury. Tony Jones is just bad. Denny. Yeah. Uh, so situation? I, I'm not targeting Tony Jones at all. I, I, I think it's either DJ da- Dallas or uh, Travis Homer. Ho- Homer was out with an illness. I'm, I'm, he was also listed with a knee, but I think he was out with the illness. Yeah, kind of right, right. Uh, and so you'll you'll have to see his, you know, track his practice participation. I guess if if I were forced uh, to, you know, to choose, if someone were holding me outside a helicopter and saying choose one, I would say why why are you taking this measure? Sounds like good content, actually. We should, I, uh, <laughs> should send a few emails. Um, <laughs> You're going to have me on a helicopter next Monday. Well, hashtag, we, we make it all thing. Hashtag dangling Denny. Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this has legs, folks. Yeah, this is uh, happening. Who we da- gonna... Denny, yeah, we're dangling Denny. Who? Which Seahawks running back, Denny? Uh, <laughs> but, but you don't feel so smart now, do you? Uh, don't pee yourself. Oh, there it goes. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 would, I, would oh, no, I just realized what you said. Uh, it wasn't I, I would scream DJ Dallas. Let me know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, because, you know, he, he does profile, I think more as an early down guy. Now Homer will, you know, is a pass catching spe- specialist. He, I think he will take over as that pass catching back when he returns, if he returns this week. But so I would prioritize Dallas. I would, I think Homer should be, should be rostered, especially obviously if Walker's going to miss more than a week. Um, but I think that you can kind of ignore Tony Jones. We, so we don't know what's going on with DJ Dallas's health either. Like it's pretty, it's pretty messed up situation. I feel like they could maybe almost have to sign somebody, but DJ Dallas, he did come back in, even if he was listed doubtful, he did come back in and play. So you never see that. No, you really don't. I mean, they were they were down spectacularly bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually amazing. I think they might have let Tony Jones play through a concussion because they were so low and he like he was kind of like dazed after a big oh. hit, like right after DJ Dallas was hurt. And we're like the, the independent spotters, like I mean, I don't know, man, if I rule them out, they don't have a single running back. They, they literally um, are gonna have to put DK Metcalf in the backfield. Yeah, so I don't know what was going on. So there, j- just real quick, the numbers from the Seahawks uh, Week 13 game against the Rams. DJ Dallas led led the backfield in routes, uh, in carries, while Tony Jones saw four targets to lead the backfield. 
so I, I, there's just nothing really like inspiring here. And actually, I think that this this well the, against the Rams, this led to a pass heavy attack. I think this could they could continue in that direction if Walker misses this week. So it's great for Geno. It's great for Metcalf and Lockett. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the untold. They were like they've they've tried to like, keep a hard cap basically on Geno's volume, but by necessity they had to expand yesterday. And he he answered with his best game of the year: three hundred and sixty-seven yards, only a second three touchdown game, which is actually through the air. Uh, pretty surprising stat. Or Dina Geno, you got to hand it to him. I uh, did not hand it to him earlier in the year, and uh, no, he seems. Seems to be quite good. Like yeah. like, uh, like every elitist, you laughed. Yeah, I the, laughed at Gino and I laughed at Jeff Wilson. And look where the, that the, got G- me. the Gino Hive knew better. They did. Boy, did they ever! Man, they were upset. Um, <laughs> they were very very upset. Uh, I was <laughs> trying to think of a segue and I could not. <laughs> Speaking of upset, you know what else is upsetting? Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Jets backfield, Denny. It's actually not. Uh, it's actually quite positive. The Jets backfield, Zonovan better known as Bam Knight, uh, reached 100 yards on the ground uh, against the Vikings. He's cleared 100 yards from scrimmage each of the past two weeks. He had 69 yards rushing in week 12. That's a total that he's you know reached both weeks. Michael Carter's only reached 69 yards on the ground one time all season. Zonovan Knight providing the best non-Brees Hall rushing yeah. the Jets have seen all season. He was added in a lot of leagues last week, but he's still under 50% rostered this week. Even with Michael Carter may be coming back, I mean, it's to the point where we, we have to really, really be aggressively targeting Zonovan Knight at this point, don't we? I think so. And I do I do just a, a word about the Jets this past week. The Jets ran 85 offensive snaps against wow. the Vikings. So, you know, that that's that's Flacco-esque volume. That's what that's what we were seeing in the first uh three weeks of of the season. And and that will inflate numbers, I think, to the point where people where guys will start looking a little more appealing than they are now uh zonovan knight led the backfield with 47 snaps on those on, on out of out of 85 um he led or uh, he was almost uh, he split with ty johnson on pass routes uh ty johnson ran a couple more routes more uh but uh, ty johnson and ty johnson saw seven targets to five targets for Knight. so he he basically he got like half the passing down stuff and all almost all of the early down stuff uh, where James Robinson only saw four carries. So I think that his role is pretty safe as long as Michael Carter is out. My my fear is, and my thought is going forward, if Michael Carter comes back this week, uh, it's a mess. Like, I, I, I actually have trouble, like, telling folks what to do with any of them, with Ty Johnson, with Carter, with with Zonovan Knight. I, I would think that Zonovan Knight's performance over the past two weeks, he's been good, like, yards per route run and, yards before contact and everything like he he's actually been pretty good maybe maybe the team is going to lean into him as as the lead back but michael carter is not going to just sit on the sideline no he might he's not they don't like him they don't think he's good we've had this debate on they just don't think he's good no obviously they have an issue with him yeah he might not be but i misspoke he zonovan knight did not have 100 yards rushing against the vikings he had 90 but i mean it was it was more yards than michael carter had had on the ground in any game all season I didn't realize the play volume thing though. That's a really interesting point. I did not yeah. realize the Jets ran 80, 80 something plays. Right. So, so yeah. And just, just if we could go down the list a little bit, like you have, uh, let's see, you have Elijah Moore, 45 routes, right? So 
He saw six targets. So I'm sure he had like 90 yards, right? No, he he did not. Uh, he had two two catches and uh, and but uh, yeah, I mean, so his so his six targets on 45 routes really poor. Uh, Corey Davis saw nine targets, but again, he ran 46 routes. So it's just there's so much volume for the Jets. That's not going to happen every week. Zonovan did catch five balls. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think he will be the lead back. I think Michael Carter maybe with nothing else was like take over the quote Ty Johnson role. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think they're sure. they're not satisfied at all with Michael Carter's early down performance and kind of why yeah. would you go away? But uh, football coaches are constantly doing self defeating things, so we shall see. Uh, yeah, speaking of self defeat, it would be self defeating not to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the World Cup. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Dolphins and Chargers in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And also don't forget, download the Road World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Danny, Thursday is a day many people forget even exists because it's so far before Sunday, but... There was a game on Thursday between the Buffalo Bills and the New yes. England Patriots, and James Cook went nuts in it. He outtouched Devin Singletary twenty to thirteen. He outgained him one hundred five to fifty one of you know the yards from scrimmage department. Is this a changing of the guard? Is this like a one game like weird game script deployment type thing? Uh, how in the world I, I, well, do we ever know how to assess the, the Bills' backfield? Look, I, I, I have to say, I, uh, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back, and I never do that. You know that I have a strict policy against back padding. Well, you can't um, reach your back for one, no. right? But I'm, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to say that I, I, I wrote up uh, James Cook in last week's waiver wire uh, column uh, as, as a, a stash who could go off down the stretch because. He's been good in every facet. I'm, t- I'm like every peripheral stat that I looked at last week, James Cook was popping, you know, top five, top 10. And, you know, he and he showed I think he he showed that he can be a productive back, even even though he's not going to, you know, be wildly used. He's not going to see 20 touches uh, in that backfield. And Singletary scored the touchdown last week. 
um, as sort he's sort of the closer. Like Singletary looked to be the, in the closer role. So congrats to those who started him and got got a little bit fortunate there at the end. You got a tutter um, against the the Patriots, and that's really what it comes down to. But I, I do I do think that that Cook has kind of forced the Bills to acknowledge, hey, like this guy can really help us. He's a way better pass catcher. Like I, I should say, way more productive than Singletary, who we've said on the show many times. Singletary, for some reason, it doesn't make sense, but Singletary is one of the least productive pass catchers year in and year out. This is not this is not like a one-week sample. This is not even a, a whole season. This is a two-year sample of Singletary being bad as a, as a pass catcher. So, yeah, James Cook needs to be way more rostered. I think he's, about, he's around 50%. Uh, and uh, I, th- I think he he can can be started as, as maybe a flex in 12 teams. It might be trending that way. And yet Devin Singletary, it, it just does not make it. He's so inefficient as a pass catcher. And this is an offense where you should be efficient as a pass catching running back. The defenses have to send so much attention to the receiver core's way and even account for Dawson Knox making big plays. And it's like when they pass to Devin Singletary, it's like giving the defense a playoff. And Singletary's just kind of been in the Michael Carter zone forever. Yeah. Where like he's been like the best back on the roster, but they've never, ever been satisfied with him. They keep taking shots and upgrading him. Maybe James Cook just wasn't ready, but he, he's a far superior pass catcher. He seems definitely springier and more explosive too. And, you know, the Bills are 9-3. and three. It's the time of season where well, the playoffs are fast approaching. Maybe they're, they're trying to find out if, when, when everything's on the line, if they can rely on James Cook. And, you know, if they need a big play out of the backfield in the playoffs, are they really going to get it from Devin Singletary? So I, I think we're going to see enough more of an extended look for yeah. James Cook. They're playing the, the – the Jets this week, a pretty big divisional game. The Jets beat the Bills um, a few weeks ago. But I, I think there's probably there's probably something there with the James Cook, and it wasn't just a one-week pop-up. Just to give you an idea of how good he's been as a pass catcher, although he's been a good rusher as well, but as a pass catcher, only Derrick Henry entering week 13, only Derrick Henry had a higher yards per route run among running backs than James Cook. Seems like maybe they should throw a few more screens to Derrick Henry. Yeah, that uh, that seems to be something that always works. And he fumbled on a screen uh, last week, but it was after he ran 70 yards. So it had nothing to do with the screen. If Mike Vrabel could ignore the results and focus on the process just one time, I think that Derrick Henry would see eight targets a game. I would just like actually just throw him a screen every second in like nine and just tell the defense I'm doing it. Yeah, we're throwing him a screen here. Why not? See what happens. Yeah. Who's going to, with a head of steam, who's tackling him? Yeah, maybe they'd be scared. So I I was scared, Denny, that DeAndre Swift would leave me with another zero (laughs) in week 13. But he did not. He out-snapped Jamal Williams, played over 51% of the snaps, tied a season high for touches with 18, went over 100 yards from scrimmage for the first time also since the opener. He got a touchdown. He he brought the Lions down to the one-yard line. And then instead of doing their thing where they immediately get him off the field so Jamal Williams can come in and score, they went hurry up and let DeAndre Swift get the touchdown. I mean, it was against it was just frankly a pitiful performance from the Jaguars defense. Like that kind of can't be overlooked. It was a straight up pitiful. But what we've been waiting for for months with DeAndre Swift, the first week coincidentally where he's off the injury report altogether. Are, are we back? to top 20 DeAndre Swift season. Yeah. And, and uh, I, you know, on Thursday's show, we were sort of sounding the alarms on this and saying, Hey, like he's, he's healthy. He saw some, some good usage, high value touches, three high value touches on Thanksgiving day against the bills. Uh, I know it was Jamal Williams, of course, scoring all the touchdowns and everything, 
but scored if you could, five, five touchdowns on Thanksgiving for Jamal. Right. Williams. He has more, he has more touchdowns than 17 NFL teams. Um, <laughs> he actually has as many touchdowns as the Broncos combined. He has double the amount of t- passing touchdowns as Russell Wilson has. So, right. Uh, which is before, amazing. Yeah. So the analytics right. wouldn't tell you that. No. Uh, so uh, yeah, you no know, Swift really, really good workload. Eighteen touches on six target, including six targets uh, against the Jags. Um, I think that even even without you know touchdown volume going for you know even without getting that goal line work, okay, like we can kind of write that off, right? Um, I think that he's still yeah it's a top twenty option. The thing is, he's really efficient, you know, and he always has been because he's really good. It's just the health has never really, really held up for a sustained period of time. But, you know, if you if you have them, hopefully you started them last week. You're starting them going forward for sure. Yeah. And so the, you mentioned the targets. He had 49 receiving yards. That was a new season high. And all this happened in a game where the Lions were in total control. They were up 20 to three midway through the second quarter, up 17 to three early in the second quarter. So kind of a game where they could have just given Jamal Williams 25 empty carries and like been on their way. They did not do that. Jamal Williams got only 11 carries. They stayed aggressive. And when they're aggressive, you know, he's a DeAndre Swift is a much bigger weapon than Jamal Williams. So really, really was a very, very encouraging game for DeAndre Swift. He's back. This time it counts. This time it counts. This time he's not immediately tweaking his knee in week 14 against the Vikings. Please, please, God. No. Oh, God. Please, no. Denny Cameron Akers, uh, Rams. They're just like an inv- evaluation mode. They're just throwing stuff against the wall. They gave Brandon Powell seven touches against the Seahawks. They gave Tutu Atwell six touches. Like, seemingly just making up as they're going along, seeing who might be a part of the, the plans next year. They went back to Cam Akers. He outtouched uh, Kyron Williams 18-3. to three. Right. Um, seemed, every, it seems like it changes every week, the yeah. usage in the Rams' backfield, but – Pretty decisive for Cam Akers in week 13. What do we think this means? Well, I think this is more a game script issue than anything else because the Rams were able to play from ahead or, or play uh, even with, with the Seahawks for for much of this game. If you if you look at the kinds of snaps that Kyron Williams saw compared to Cam Akers, you have Kyron Williams seeing all the two-minute drill snaps, seeing uh, eight of nine third-down snaps, but it was, it was Akers who got uh, 38 early down snaps uh, to five early down snaps for Kyron Williams. Cam, Cam Akers also saw the lone goal line snap for, uh, for LA. So I, I think that basically if the Rams can stay in the game, which is not definitely not every week, the uh, Cam Akers can see, you know, maybe a 15 touch workload uh, still will be touchdown dependent, of course. But, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess he, he should probably be picked up. Uh, in hopes that the the Rams can can stay tight with someone. Who do the Rams play this week? Well, it's funny. It's a short week, and they're playing. I hate to inform you, they have a great matchup. They're playing the Las Vegas Raiders. They're, they're playing the Raiders. They're playing the Raiders. So it is actually it is it is a good spot. Um, but you you will you will have to sort of uh, take the leap of faith and hope that the the Rams can play even with with the Raiders, which I I think they can. You know, Jeff Bezos thought he was getting a good game a week for it. It's the defending Super Bowl champions. What could go wrong on Amazon Prime this Thursday evening? It's uh, and, it's uh, the, the worst, uh, technically, the worst defending Super Bowl champions of all time. Yeah. And one of the worst Super Bowl winning teams of all time, let's be real. I mean, they were a good team last year. But like in the, the pantheon of Super Bowl winners, I mean, people are going to be like, those 21 Rams, the, they were the, a feisty bunch. Last year's Rams, they, they had five good players. 
Yeah, they did. And in their defense, they utilized them quite well. Yeah. I mean, they, they had Stafford, Cup, Donald, uh, Jalen Ramsey, and OBJ. That's it. That's the, And that's Andrew it. Whitworth, whose retirement seems to have was like the house, like what proved it to be the house. Of yeah. Cards now. yeah, that does seem to have hurt him. It hurt them quite bad. That was real bad. Um, Denny, NBC Corporate, NBC Legal, they won't stop texting me. They won't stop bombarding me with messages and warnings that if we don't talk about Greg Dulcich this week, there will be consequences. <laughs> um, so the company is demanding it. Greg Dulcich, more talk. Uh, speaking of this time accounts, I, I hear it does this time with Greg Dulcich. Yeah, I mean, you know, folks, folks, here's what they don't know, Pat, is that Greg Dulcich led the Broncos offense in first read targets this week against the Ravens, okay? That is per my Slack conversation with our own Pat Corrine. See, it, 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 you got to have gotten this from Corrine. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I said, give me a sicko Dulcich stat. <laughs> And he and he did so. So there, there you go. Led led the team, and and you know, I I covered the game, the Broncos Ravens game. Uh, you know, scintillating. Sorry about that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, someone Chris, would just get Sunday ticket. Cursed your name uh, fifteen times during that game, but <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but it was clear that Russell Wilson was was zeroing in on Dulcich early in that game. They obviously got away from it. They started to establish the run in the second half because they were up by a whopping six points on the uh, Ravens or, or not nine points at one point. Anyway, uh, you get the idea, Dul- but Dulcich had six catches for 85 yards, including a, a 30 yard uh, reception. His snap rate was, was really strong. Uh, 23 routes on 27 dropbacks for Russell Wilson. So, you know, with Cortland Sutton's hamstring injury, if Sutton is out, that opens up, uh, I guess a few more targets, not a, not a ton, but a few more. Um, I think I think Judy and Dulcich become pretty interesting there. Two of the past three weeks for Russell Wilson, by the way. When we were talking about Greg Dulcich, I was perusing Russell Wilson stats. Two of the past three weeks, he's completed so against the Raiders in Week um, Eleven and against the, the the Ravens in Week Thirteen. He was very bad against the Panthers in Week Twelve, but against the Raiders and Panthers, both games he completed over seventy seven percent of his passes averaged over eight yards per attempt and threw zero interceptions and somehow also threw zero touchdowns. I, and either, it is, it's remarkable. It is like, what is I, as bad as Russ has been? Some of this has to be coaching. Like this it, is this for crazy. the first time, right? For the first time yesterday, it sort of dawned on me that, I mean, it's fun to dunk on, on, on Russ and the Broncos and everything. Cause they're just such a disaster, but it dawned on me that he's actually not playing terribly. He's, and, he's not playing great. Like he's, Fallen off, but like no, this isn't but, like Matt Ryan. No, it's it's a it's a it's a complete system wide failure, especially on offense. Uh, uh, only on offense because their defense is really good. I mean, I mean, they could they could seriously they're three and nine. They could quite easily be nine and three. They could they could listen if if they had even if they had even a passable offense. Okay, if they had I don't know. I'm trying to think here. Like the offensive, like the Browns, the Browns offense combined with the Broncos defense, that's a playoff team. By the way, this is the Broncos' loss. They lost by one point to the Seahawks, nine to the Raiders, three to the Colts, three to the Chargers, seven to the Titans, six to the Raiders, 13 to the Panthers was their worst loss of the season, and then one to the Ravens. This is like the ultimate horror coin flip season. And those are the kind of seasons where coaching make a huge difference. And 
Yeah. You want to stay patient. You don't want to be hair trigger. They, they've got to make a coaching change. Like they, they've got to, this is like why retread yeah. coaching hires. They got to just bring in an established coach. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I actually think you're, you're right there. By the way, I just saw an update. Cortland Sutton is listed as day to day. They declared him out pretty quickly. So I think that uh, we're going to, we're going to see a week without Cortland Sutton. Yeah. It's, it's also like why, why push the envelope. At this yeah. Point. Right. Um, <laughs> that too. The, the season is over. So um, yeah, I, I doubt Cortland Sutton plays this week. Denny, someone we have not talked about, I believe on the show all year, someone who got some summer buzz, someone I drafted in a lot of leagues to be Frank. Uh, I don't know if I'm outing myself as a uh, noob, uh, Nico Collins, Nico Collins, um, kind of like the yeah. summer profile. Uh, again, this is like the 15th, 16th round. All right, folks. So I'm not like <laughs> real draft equity into this, but Nico Collins, he's finally coming on. Brandon yeah. cooks missed week 13, which helped, but is Nico Collins shaping up as an ad, Denny? Yeah, I think, I think Brandon cooks sort of, uh, you know, quiet quitting on the Texans. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know you could accuse him of quiet quitting. It's kind it's, of more just like overt quitting. It's moderately loud quitting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, they honestly, uh, you got to hand it to him. Uh, I'm, I, I think, I think it's this, if you're a quiet quit. This would be a good time to do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, Collins has 26 targets over his past three games. Um, <laughs> this is such a Texan stat line here. Uh, with Kyle Allen under center this past week, he had 10 targets, Pat. That, that's a lot. That's a lot of targets. Man. Big target share. Uh, 35 yards on three catches. Um, <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have talked. Maybe we should not be talking about him, actually. <laughs> he, he did. He did. Uh, he did. Well, I think you have to talk about someone who's seeing a 30% target share. Like that. It's That's huge. Fair. He, he led the team in air yards. He, he caught a late touchdown. You and and also the Texans are so down bad that they're going to be constantly and they have been in these negative pass heavy game scripts. It'll be good for fueling both offensive plays, routes, and targets. Collins and Philip Dorsett are basically the only guys running a route on every play with with the Cooks out. So what I would say is you could do worse than Nico Collins. Producer Adam points out, this is not a joke. The Texans are 17-point underdogs oh against the Cowboys. That, that is the largest spread of the entire season, I believe. In league um, history or just the season? Not in league history, but of the season. And I think we're, we might see some pass attempts. And, and, uh, and really, okay, so so you get 17. If you take that, you would not feel comfortable at all. No, no. You you would you would you couldn't take the Texans. I would have to find she a way to steamed up maybe like eighteen and a half, maybe nineteen and a half. You find a way to tease the line up to uh twenty-four. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, and, was, then, and then you feel okay. Twenty and a half, I would start to be like maybe they backdoor a touchdown or two at the end. Oh my gosh. Adam points out that they're playing the Chiefs in week fifteen, the Texans. Oh my god. It's gonna goodness. be it's gonna be like a uh a spread against Missouri. No offense. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> Mizzou actually, hey, uh, not to brag, they were kind of covering machines this year. They are, were they? they were, hey, did I hear that they refused to play somebody in a hey, bowl? You know, we don't, don't want to talk about it. Sure. <laughs> they may have refused on? to play Kansas, quote unquote. Yeah, what, um, why? Do they not like the state? What's going on? Well, they're our old arch rival, and they're resuming the series officially soon. Oh. I think what happened is, you know, bowl games have kind of, I, first off, we should have accepted the game. We should have taken the game. But bowls, you know, have kind of become – they're always like glorified exhibitions. They're kind of just going to be like outright exhibitions oh, yeah. now yeah. because of the transfer portal and players declaring for the draft. And I think I think Drink, as we call him, Coach Drink, Elia Drinkwitz, that is his real name, Denny, didn't okay. want to like 
agree to play Kansas and ahead of like the official revival of the rivalry and have like something really dumb and weird happen in the bowl game. Like say we get killed. All right. Uh, Cause we suck. But yeah. um, so, but yeah, by the way, we're covering machines this year. Mizzou, Mizzou is infamous for not covering in 2021. And then we just couldn't stop covering in 22. Cause that's what champions do. And, uh, you, and you know what? Covering puts spread on the table. And, it does. Uh, it does. You know, it keeps a roof, roof over your head. Does uh, speaking of keeping a roof over your head, I hear you would have been impoverished if DJ Shark had not had the best <laughs> game of the season in week 13. Because it's the only reason I can think you want to talk about him. You want to talk about DJ? <laughs> yes, thankfully. My, my kids are eating today because DJ Shark <laughs> came through. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, it's only soup, but I, I think it works. You know, uh, he's fully back from uh, an early, early season ankle injury. He ran a route on nearly every Lions drop back in week 13 against the down bag Jaguars. Uh, he saw six targets that was second behind only Amon Ross St. Brown. You, you know, he's he's like an air air yards machine. He averaged 16 and a half yards per target against the Jags. It's going to be volatile, like rostering DJ Chark and starting him. I mean, you're going to have weeks where the guy sees seven targets and catches one ball for 11 yards. Okay. There are there, but I would say my. My argument for DJ Chark would be he probably as a wide receiver four ish in ranking wise, he probably has more upside than most wide receiver threes um, be, because because of the, the the nature of the downfield stuff he sees in that offense. Now, Jamison Williams maybe being more worked in yeah. as, a, yeah, as yeah. a run blocker or something this past week. Yeah, they, pay, they probably want to use him as like a gunner or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's a curious way to start. Very, but Very high T. Uh, J- Jameson Williams, uh, if if he if he works into the lineup a little more, I th- I think that's obviously not great for Shark, but for now I think that 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 he's okay in a in a Lions offense that's kind of leaned toward the pass a little bit the last few weeks. Yeah, I think you can point Chase with DJ Shark this week because it's a fifty three and a half total is the early line with Lions yeah. and Vikings. Vikings are a bad pass defense. The Lions have proven to be a very aggressive offense, uh, and and. There are, for some unknown reason, there are six teams on bye this week. Um, so a lot, a lot of teams. The Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders, a, an abnormal amount of like non-fantasy relevant teams. Right. But still, the player pool much thinner this week. I think you can chase some points with DJ Shark against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, sure. Chase Claypool, Denny. He got hurt yesterday, but he's like playing better or something. Um, yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> He sounds so, so excited. Uh, yeah. So without, so this is the first game without Darnell Mooney. Uh, Claypool ran a route on twenty three of twenty nine dropbacks for the Bears. Saw six. Don't, don't overdo it. Uh, you know, saw six targets. That's not nothing. I mean, six targets in the Bears' offense is like twenty four targets. Say, say how many yards he had? Uh, we don't have to talk about the yards. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we, twenty eight. We can we can we can stick with the peripheral stuff. It sounds, <laughs> sounds better. Uh, he, he did hurt his knee. Looked like a serious injury. But and they're on bye this week too. Yeah, so. right. I, I don't think he's like a priority add, but uh, he he's definitely so it's it's definitely Cole, Cole Komet and then Claypool and then no one else in that in that offense as far as pass catchers go. He might get dropped by a few teams this week because it's the final week of the fantasy regular season. Someone desperately trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. If they drop Chase Claypool, I think it would be a sense of they're playing the Eagles in week 15, which 
not a great matchup. But. No, it's not. But but it, I think it is one that will that will force the Bears to run a lot of plays. To well, they're really playing the Bills in Week 16. Man, when are they playing oh, easy team here? We, Ooh, playing the Lions though in Championship Week Week 17. I like so. that. Clay, yeah. Claypool that that sets up really well for 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 all the Bears. I think. Well, that total's gonna be really high. That could be like 54 and a half actually. Lions wow. Bears Week 17. Two really bad defenses. Two ascending offenses. Yeah. We could end the show, or we could talk about Desmond Ritter real quick. They're on bye this week, too. He, Arthur Smith basically kind of admitted they were going to make the move. Yeah. Because um, why wouldn't they? They're eliminated basically from playoff contention. Only four games left. He was a third-round pick. They might have to draft another quarterback this year. Time to see what you have in the young man. Uh, I think you know what you have in Marcus Mariota, which is absolutely nothing. They have nothing. I mean, it, it, I actually don't even understand how they stuck with him this long. I don't either. It's pretty painful. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean Ritter is a super flex ad, but beyond that, I, I don't I don't really see. It's just th- this offense is so fantasy unfriendly. It's just really hard to quantify exactly how bad it is, but like I know. It, <laughs> it, it destroys all fantasy value. It destroys Corey Patterson's. Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean th- there's just nothing to be had here. I, I thought I thought that Tyler Algier would become a thing, but they've made sure. To to split up the carries and the snaps just enough to make him not a thing. Like you know, it I just, almost seems like they have an algorithm, like how to yeah. d- delineate the touches where no one gets fantasy value. Yeah, I mean, if you were on a spectrum of fantasy friendly to fantasy unfriendly, where at the at the other end you have the Dolphins, uh, you have the Seahawks. Like, and what I mean by that is like where when predictability. We know, yeah, when we know where the ball is going to go. Yeah, the Falcons on the other end by ten miles and. I just I don't know unless Ritter runs a lot, uh, but even even Mariota's running a lot. Never mind. There's no pro Ritter already. No, this, I I just also I really I, I don't think he's very good either. He probably you know he's probably he's probably not good. I don't think he's very good. Uh, this show was very good. And oh wait, it's not over though. Come on. You know, sorry. Who's the kicker of the week for week fourteen? Dennis? I was I was going to call the lawyers immediately. You know, after I, know, I know, I know, I can't. I don't need legal and on, <laughs> on the phone for twenty four hours. So tell me who the kicker of the week yes. is. Jason Sanders available in eighty five percent of leagues. He plays for the Dolphins, folks. The Dolphins are one point favorites over the Chargers this week in a game. That's it. What? Yeah. Yeah. You kidding? I mean, the, the I same charge. Is this the same Chargers? I know you. You're a Chargers hater. I am but, a hater. Uh, no, they're not playing the Chargers. They're not playing the Chargers. Is why. <laughs> Sorry. They're not playing the New England Patriots. Oh no, I'm looking at Week 17. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong week. Um, the, I'm sorry. One, okay, they're one and a half point favorites. No, they're not playing the Chargers. <laughs> they're not, wait, no, they are. I clicked on the wrong week again. I clicked on Week 15. Oh my god. They're playing <laughs> the Chargers, and they're not only are they playing the Chargers, Denny. They're doing it on NBC. I know. On Sunday night. That's I actually I pro- thought, I I promoted the game earlier in the show. I thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm fired. So yes, yes. But I will finish the show by saying that it's a it's a, a game with a uh, 51 and a half point total. Uh, Sanders has not exactly been what we call a field goal machine. He's only averaging one and a half attempts. Yeah, because Mike McDaniel's too good of a coach. They don't kick field goals. In Dolphins, so how's he yeah. the kicker of the week? It's true. They are aggressive in the red zone, and that, that does affect a kicker. Um, but he fits the process well because the Chargers have given up the third most field goal tries this season with every kicker to face the Chargers logging at least two attempts. So we have what we call a floor 
for Jason Sanders. Oh, it sounds like a, a kicker funnel too. I didn't know that existed. It does. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. Kicker funnel defense. And yeah, I apologize for getting their opponent wrong. Not once, not twice, but three <laughs> times. Really, a lot of times was it was more than a normal amount of time, especially for a game that I had had promoted earlier in the show. <laughs> right, I I was I I'm I'm looking at it like right here, and I'm going, I, wait, is this is this like week eighteen? And I forgot. Yeah. Wait, I'm like, it's week sixty nine, Denny. No. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, um, so for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Dar. You got to check out Denny's waiver wired column on Tuesday. Got to check out my rankings later in the week. Check out the podcast coming up with. Mr. Lawrence Jackson and Kyle Dvorak and myself. Keep it locked on the website all week. There will be a lot of news updates for a lot of injured players. So for Denny, I'm Pat. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.